what in the living hell happens in winter? Why is that a thing? Like, it's like, oh my God, winter is coming. Winter is coming. And it's like, okay, so who cares? Winter's coming. <laughs> Bundle up. Welcome to Winterfell and I Can't Get Up, the podcast that asks mom what she thinks about Game of Thrones. This is season one, episode one. Yay! I'm Candace Huber, the owner of Tubby and Coo's Mid-City Bookshop in New Orleans, and I've asked my mom, Gail, who has absolutely no knowledge of Game of Thrones, to read the series and record her reactions for all of you. Read along, listen along, and follow my mom's journey through A Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter as she discovers for the first time just how brutal it can be. When you read Game of Thrones with your mom, you win or you die laughing. In this episode, we start with book one in A Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones. We will cover the prologue, Bran 1, and Catelyn 1. And now, Mom's Watch begins. So since this is our first episode, we'll introduce ourselves a little bit to our listeners so that you can get to know our voices, which sound exactly alike. So <laughs> I am Candace. I'm the owner of Tubby and Coo's Mid-City Bookshop. Like I said, I have read all of the books and I've seen every episode of the TV show of Game of Thrones. And mom. And I'm Candace's mom. And I have not seen any of the TV shows. I have not read any of the books. I have no idea why it's called Game of Thrones. I'm a total Game of Thrones virgin. <laughs> So what did you know about Game of Thrones before you started reading? Um, I know that there's a huge fandom, I guess is what it's called, a huge fandom for Game of Thrones. So I figured it must be very interesting. And my uncle read it and he's pretty old. And so I thought <laughs> he must find it interesting. So it must be interesting. But I also know that it's a huge investment because there's a lot of books and the books are really long. This is true. <laughs> and so my thoughts and emotions are going to be invested. My time's going to be invested. And so what I'm really hoping is that this is well worth my return on my investment. I so. think the jury's still out on that for all of us, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so we are just getting started with A Song of Ice and Fire. So in this episode, we'll cover the very beginning. So we're going to talk about the prologue, the first brand chapter, and the first Catelyn chapter. I'm really excited about this podcast. Thanks for doing this with me. I think it's going to be really fun to like go on this journey with you. I'm really excited to have you hit certain points in the story. Okay, well, you're welcome. And I'm looking forward to it as well. So let's start with the prologue. So to recap, in the prologue, which in my opinion is like everything a prologue should be, it had everything in it, we meet Garrod, Will, and Sir Waymar Royce, who belong to the Night's Watch, and they're on a ranging mission beyond the wall to track some wildlings. Will claims that the wildlings are dead, but Royce who is a bit of an asshole, and he's 18, and he's, like, really cocky. Mm -hmm. He wants to make sure. So he's a spoiled young lordling who is new to the Night's Watch, and Garrett and Will try to convince him to turn back because it's getting dark, and they're afraid it's going to snow, and that they'll get stuck out there beyond the wall. But, of course, the young cocky little lordling won't listen to anyone, and they find the wildling camp, but... All the dead bodies are gone that Will claims to have seen. So, of course, Royce doesn't actually believe the wildlings are dead, and he makes Will climb up a tree to get a better vantage point to try and find them. Then, Will watches, 
as the others, who TV show people know as the White Walkers, emerge from the shadows of the woods, they surround Royce, he's got a sword, and so he has a sword fight with the king of the others, and then he makes a valiant effort, but ultimately he loses when his sword turns to ice and shatters upon contact with the other's king's sword, and the others just butcher him as Will watches from the tree. When the coast is clear, Will climbs down, grabs a piece of the broken sword, thinking that Maester Aemon or Mormont would know what to make of it. And then as he's examining that piece, Royce rises up with blue eyes and strangles Will. So after the prologue, our death toll is two. R.I.P. Sir Waymar Royce and Will with no last name. So, Mom, this (laughs) prologue. What did you think? What were your reactions? Well, so the first thing that I thought when I met uh, Sir Waymore Royce was that he is just a little dickweed. (laughs) And that, you know, I couldn't believe that he was being so hateful and cocky and arrogant, especially to, I think it was Garrett, who was the older man who really seemed to know what he was talking about. And then he makes him wait with the horses, which, you know, wasn't nice. Anyway, so when he gets it, so to speak, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when he gets it, I was really amazed that his sword turned to ice and it shattered into a million pieces because you expect it to at least you know, clink or something, you mm-hmm. know, and then it shatters into a million pieces and then the other king just kills him and then they mutilate him. I mean, it was disgusting. That thought was <laughs> kind of gross. And then I felt so bad for Will. That was the other thing. Like, Will is like, oh no, I shouldn't have watched. I should have helped him. And now I feel like a coward. He goes to see him and then Royce comes up and like gets him, right? So now it's like, oh no, is, does that mean that Will's a zombie too? Like, are they all zombies? Like, is that what happens when these guys get you? You turn into a zombie? And so it's like, oh no, what's going to happen? So now I can't wait to see what else happens. Yes, and if you don't like people treating other people like crap, and the violent mutilations, then uh, you better get used to that kind of stuff, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that happens. Put my big girl panties on. <laughs> it's true, you do. And so, what do you think the others are doing? Well, I I wasn't sure at that point. I mean, I think that they're sneaky little suckers. You know, I think <laughs> they, you know, they like to like hide in the woods and then come out and get you. And I think that they're probably trying to create their own army so that they can come and like take over everything but i don't know if they'll go into the south because i think they have to stay cold Mm -hmm. so i don't know though i'm just curious (laughs) as to like what you might think of the others so did it make you want to keep reading the prologue oh absolutely like i was engaged immediately like and i told somebody else that i wasn't sure like i said when i first started reading i was like i hope this is worth my investment And then I read the prologue, and then I was like, oh my goodness, it got my attention immediately, and I wanted to know more immediately. So it was great. Yeah, and as someone who, I've read all the books, it's been a long time though, Mm -hmm. especially since I've read the first one. So just starting from the beginning and rereading the prologue, I was like, oh my god, I totally forgot all this stuff happens in the prologue. (laughs) This is so crazy. Like, Like, this is how it starts. Like, no wonder people keep reading because it has everything there's like sword fights and zombies and monsters and you know a little dickweed i mean there's like everything (laughs) in the prologue yep so let's move on to the first brand chapter 
in this first chapter, Bran Stark, he's seven years old. He goes with his dad and his brothers to a beheading for the first time, like, as you do at seven years old. He's excited, and he's trying to pretend he isn't, because, again, why wouldn't you be excited to watch a man get his head lopped off? Mm. I don't know. It was all really weird. And then Ned, who is apparently only 35, so for people who have, like, watched the TV show, too, it's like, I always thought he was, like, in his 50s, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, wait, Ned is only 35? I'm 35. Mm -hmm. This is weird. I've always identified with, like, the children and not the adults, and so this is just a weird thing to me that he's only 35. Anyway, Ned chops off this dude's head, and they start making their way back to Winterfell. Theon Greyjoy is with them, and he's basically already a joke. He's just a complete and utter imbecile. And he's described, which is another interesting thing, as a, quote, lean, dark youth. So I believe there has been some whitewashing that has occurred in the TV show because he's apparently dark in the book, which was another surprise to me. But anyway, Ned talks to Bran about being brave, and I just love that conversation so much because they're talking about the man who died, and Bran asks Ned if a man can still be brave even if he's afraid. And Ned says, that's the only time a man can be brave. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I love this. On their way back from this beheading, they find a dead direwolf, and a bunch of pups. So it's notable because direwolves haven't been sighted south of the wall in 200 years. So mm. this is the first sighting of a direwolf in like a really long time. Also, the direwolf has a big giant antler stuck in her throat. Mm. And apparently that's a bad omen mm. as well. And Rob and Bran really want to keep the pups, but Ned thinks it's too big of a responsibility for them. And all the people with them are like, oh, hell no, this is a bad omen. Like, we don't want those things around. And then Jon Snow finally convinces Ned to let the boys keep the pups by saying it's meant to be because there are five pups and Ned has five kids and the direwolves are the Stark mascot, so obviously it's meant to be and he needs to take them. And so Ned's like, okay, like, that's a good point. We can take the puppies. So they go to leave the area and when they're going to leave, Jon hears something and, and they're like, ooh, what is that? And he finds an extra direwolf that has wandered away from the pack. And it's different from the rest. It's white, it's an albino, it has red eyes, all the rest of them are gray and dark. And it's the only direwolf whose eyes are actually open. And John decides to keep that one for himself. So at the end of chapter one, the death toll is two. R.I.P., Mama Direwolf, and Random Beheaded Man. So, Mom, what did you think about... All of this, like bringing a seven-year-old to a beheading. <laughs> well, yes, that was my very first reaction was, are you kidding me? Like, he's seven and he's old enough to go to this execution? Like, who does that? Like, nobody <laughs> brings a seven-year-old to watch a beheading. And by the way, I thought the beheading was of Garrett, who was with... Oh the you know in the prologue because they said he let whatever happened to the lordling happen to the lordling and so they beheaded him for that so i don't know if that's right i never or not, put that together that might be right they never say his name so i don't know but i hmm. but i think ned makes a, a reference to that so we'll have to go look that back we up we will because <laughs> you're catching things that i'm not catching mom and so i, I thought that's who it was but i could be very wrong maybe i just 
in my little head, that's what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, and that's kind of what I thought was that's kind of sad that they beheaded that poor dude because all he was trying to do was to get the Lordling to, like, not do what he was doing, right? And then yep. he's getting punished for it. So, anyway, Ned does seem to be a very fair man. I will say that. I really like Ned. Mm-hmm. I thought he was good. He seems like a good dad. I think that it's good that he has his son, which I don't like that they keep calling Jon Snow the bastard son or whatever. Like, I don't like that. But I also know that it's significant that he's not the legitimate heir to the throne or whatever it is, you know. But I do like that Ned, I feel like Ned's a good guy because he kept that boy with him, you know, and he ra- is raising him. And Theon? No, the Jon Snow. Oh, Jon Snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that he's raising him and everything. Yeah, and then the the Grey Wolf kid, who's just a joke. I mean, that's like his <laughs> Grey Joy. Oh, whatever his name is. What did I call him? <laughs> Grey Wolf. Oh, that must be another movie. Anyway. <laughs> him. Yes. <laughs> See, I'm already getting them mixed up. Anyway, but I do know that he is dumb as a post apparently and that ned took him in as well as a ward because his something whatever went on with his parents or whatever so he took him in right so that i feel like ned's a good guy and then the big thing for me was when they found what i imagined to be a gamork you know like it was just (laughs) you know the way they described it it was like a wolf and yeah like all of his crazy you know teeth and you know all of that stuff and so it was like, oh my god! And it was huge. Yeah, it was, it was a big. big, gigantic thing. So in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a gamork. Anyway. It basically that, is. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair comparison. <laughs> so when they found that, I thought for sure, when he talked, when Jon Snow talked him into letting him keep the pops and everything, and they each had one, and then Jon Snow's is different. He goes back and he gets it. I'm like, surely this is a foreshadowing. You know, something's, something's up with all of this, right? But I don't no what so we'll see yes maybe something is maybe something (laughs) isn't (laughs) and for me i mean this was kind of just a basic chapter there was i agree when i was reading it i was like oh man bram was seven going to this i totally forgot it was like really weird but the one thing about rereading this for me is that the ages have really gotten to me like Mm -hmm. wait ned is 35 bran is seven Mm -hmm. i forgot how young everyone is in the books especially at the beginning I think they aged everyone up on the show, I mm. guess, for lots of different reasons. Yeah, because I feel but, like a grandma reading this. You know, right? I'm like, oh, I'm the grandma in this. It's true. I'm like the old haggy looking grandma <laughs> lady. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. these folks, this, this would be like my children, my grandkids. Right, them, exactly. So. so the last chapter that we read for this segment is the first Catlin chapter. And in this chapter, we get some history about the old gods and the seven-faced god and God's woods, which are all, everything's like religious, and we get some history on that in this chapter. We also learn about house words and mottos, that each noble house has their own motto. This is all happening as Catelyn, she's thinking about all of this stuff on her way to see Ned in the God's Wood where he apparently goes to cleanse himself after beheadings. So I guess he goes and asks for forgiveness or whatever it is he's doing with the old gods. He's like cleans a sword and stuff. I don't know, mm-hmm. but whatever. He's quote cleansing himself and she's going to see him. And Catelyn hates the godswood because she's used to praying in seps, 
which are basically like giant chapels. And she comes from the seven-faced god, which is a different religion from Ned's old gods. And so she feels weird in God's woods and they kind of creep her out. And so she's walking through it and she's like just thinking about all of this. During that conversation between Catelyn and Ned, which is basically this whole chapter is a conversation between them in the Godswood, we learn some important information. So number one, the Night's Watch is losing a lot of men lately. Number two, John Aaron, the Hand of the King, is dead. Number three, Robert Baratheon, who is the king, the Lannisters, and apparently like every freaking body, mm-hmm. is on their way to Winterfell right mm-hmm. now. And finally, winter is coming. <laughs> so that's what we learned during this conversation. We also get some backstory about John Aaron and Ned. So John was like a second father to Ned, and then John, who is like older, he's like a second father to Ned, marries Catelyn's sister, and then they finally officially become brothers, uh, which is weird to me, but everything's weird in Game of Thrones as far as these kind of relationships. John then also revolted against Mad King Aerys Targaryen. Rather than give up his wards, Ned and Robert Baratheon, uh, the Mad King wanted him to give them up, and he wouldn't. He revolted against them instead. And so we got a little bit of backstory about John Aaron and Ned and how close they were in their relationship. And also, Tommen Lannister is the same age as Bran, which I never really realized until just now. Because we're reading it and they talk about how Tommen is seven and how he's the same age as Bran. And I was like, oh, didn't realize they were the same age. In short, winter is coming and everyone's on their way to Winterfell. So, mom, winter is coming. What do you think about Catelyn and uh, and all of this? Okay, so first of all, I'm learning how to say names, right? Because I don't know how to say anybody's name. (laughs) So I was calling her Caitlin. So thank you for correcting me. Now I know her name is Catelyn. I was also calling her Caitlin until I heard it said on the show. Okay, well, so there you go. So now I know her name is Catelyn. Um, it. Wasn't until later, I guess, so I won't say that. But anyway, I want to know what in the hell is going on. Why do they keep saying winter is coming, winter is not coming? What in the living hell happens in winter? Why is that a thing? Like, it's like, oh my God, winter is coming, winter is coming. And it's like, okay, so who cares? Winter is coming. Bundle up. You know? Make sure you got your furs ready because winter's coming. Okay, make sure the stores are filled. Okay, I get it. But I don't know what else happens in the winter because I live in the South. Anyway. Bundle up, guys. Winter is coming. (laughs) So I don't know what that's all about. So it's like, okay, uh, whatever. I also feel like, though, that Catelyn, I'm not sure about her yet. You know, like when I when I read about her, I was, I'm not sure about her. What you made know? you not sure about her? I don't know. I know she's very spiritually connected. Like she, she comes through as that, as how she likes her gods, you know, and I kind of get that, like in this, she's not excited that Robert's on his way. Right. You know, like she doesn't like that. Why? Why is she afraid of something? Ned can't wait. He's like so excited. Yay, Robert's coming. He's my brother. I love him and all of that. Why isn't Catelyn so excited about it? But, you know, is it because she's trying to protect Ned from something? Or is it because she's trying to hold on to, you know, keep him from away from somebody? Or I don't really know what that's about, but I feel like she's afraid of something when it comes to Robert and whatever. I I don't know if she's got something to hide. She doesn't want Robert to find out something. I don't know. So at this point, mm, I'm on the fence about Catelyn. I'm not sure how I feel about her. You like Ned. 
I love um, Matt. I think and you're he's on the fence about Catelyn. And I love little Bran. I'll be honest. I feel like he's like a sweet little fella. You know, <laughs> like I want to hog him up and kiss him. You know, <laughs> like he's sweet yeah. as can be. I also, you mentioned Tommy. Tom. Tom N. Tom N. Yeah. Okay. That little fella. We haven't met him yet. Is. Oh, not yet? Not in this show? We have not met him yet. Oh, okay. Then I won't say anything. He, they him. just talked about, because they're on their way. Okay. The Lannisters and Robert and all are on their way to Winterfell, and so they just mentioned that Tommen is the same yeah, age as Brad, but we haven't met them Yeah, and about the Lannister people. I think that's all Catelyn, you know, like, she's not sure about all of them, and she's just not, mm, she's not real excited to see these people gone. Yeah, she's not. And, and I know the other thing, I think, that was in this what they talked about too. I don't think Ned likes the queen too much, right? So she, he does not. So yeah. you know he's kind of like mm, I can take her or leave her, but I can't wait to see Robert. Yes, you that know, is true. So. Yeah, and so that's also we get that backstory about um, that John Aaron took in Ned and Robert at the same time, mm-hmm. so they're not blood brothers, but they were raised together mm-hmm. and are basically brothers. Right, and so we we see that. So these first. Three chapters, like this first segment was just overall sort of setting things up. We got some history. We we met some people. So what are, do you have any like overall thoughts on just these first three chapters in general? I think I've said everything for these three. I think, well, and I said about the names, you know, but that's. I think that's it. You know, just got to learn all of, all the names. All the names. I'm glad and there will be a lot more names. <laughs> I'm glad you're keeping track of who's living, who's dead, who's you know belongs to who. Because I'm going to need that in the near future, I'm sure. And moving into that, in order to keep everyone, and especially my mom, organized and like understanding what's going on in the story, at the end of each of our podcast episodes, I will recap who we've met thus far, where everyone is, who is dead. Game of Thrones has a lot of characters and places, and there will be even more. This is like just the very tip of the iceberg with these first three. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna really expand this world a lot more. And it can get very unruly. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to help a mother out and (laughs) keep keep track of as much as I can for you as we go along. Good. Thank you. So who have we met thus far in the first three chapters? We have met the Night's Watch, generally. Um, We know that they range beyond the wall. So we've met some rangers that are going out from the Night's Watch. We've met the Others. So that's two sort of groups of people that we've met. We've met the Starks. So there's Ned and Catelyn and their kids. We've met Rob, Bran, and Ned's bastard, Jon Snow. And Mom is really annoyed that they keep calling him a bastard. And you really got to get used to that because that's literally the only thing they call Jon Snow pretty much the whole entire time. I know. (laughs) So we've met Rob, Bran, and Jon Snow. We know other kids exist, but we haven't met them yet. So Sansa, Arya, and Rickon, but we haven't met them yet. They're, we just kind of know that they're there. I think Catelyn talks about how Rickon is only three or four. He's like a little bitty dude. And so... Yeah, and then Jon Snow's only like 14. Yes, correct. Like, he I thought he 14. was like way older than that. I did, too. Oh, you know? That's another thing. was like, how old are these people? <laughs> anyway, we've also met Theon Greyjoy, who is Ned's ward. So those are all the the only people that we've actually met thus far in the first three chapters. There's also a bunch of people who have been mentioned or information has been given about them, but we haven't actually met them yet. So those would be Mormont, 
The old bear and Maester Aemon, who are both associated with the Night's Watch somehow. We have John Aaron, who is the Hand of the King and Lord of the Eyrie. He's dead. We have Lysa Aaron, sorry, who is John Aaron's wife and Catelyn's sister. We have Robert Baratheon, who is the king. The Lannisters, just generally, haven't met any of them yet. Maester Pycelle, who is the maester in King's Landing that they, like, briefly mention tried to help John Aaron when he got really sick, but we haven't met him yet. And then Mad King Aerys Targaryen, who was king before Robert Baratheon, he is dead as well. So there was a lot of historical references or history given there of people who are already dead. So where is everyone at the end of this segment? Everyone's sort of still in the same place, so it's really easy right now. All of the Starks, Jon Snow, and Theon Greyjoy are at Winterfell. Robert Baratheon, the Lannisters, and basically everyone is en route to Winterfell. So right now, everyone's still sort of in the same place or heading to that same place. And finally, who is dead? So the death toll for this segment is only five, so we don't have a lot of people dead yet. Sir Waymar Royce, who was killed by the others. Will, with no last name, who was killed by Sir Waymar Royce after he rose up from the dead. We have the deserter of the Night's Watch with no name, who Mom theorizes is Garrod from the prologue that was beheaded by Ned Stark. We have the Mama Direwolf slash Gamork, who was found dead with an antler through her throat. And we have John Aaron, the Hand of the King and Lord of the Eyrie, married to Catelyn's sister, taken, quote, so quickly, even Maester Pycelle couldn't do anything. But we don't really know how he died. We just know that he's dead. That was another interesting thing to me. Whenever they talked about John Aaron's death, Catelyn just is like, hey, yo, John Aaron is dead. And Ned is like, oh, no, is he? And she's like, yeah. And then he doesn't ask, like, how did he die or anything? He's just like, oh. And then she says, well, Maester Pycelle couldn't do much. At least he was taken quickly or whatever. And Ned is like, okay, well, what about your sister and the kid? And then they like go into another conversation. Then she tells him Robert is coming. So they really gloss over John Aaron's death here, which I think is interesting because he is the hand of the king, which is basically like the vice president, right? So like, I was it was just really interesting that he wasn't like, well, how did he die? Or like, you know, it's like you have no idea what happened to him. You just know that like, okay, he got sick and died apparently. So that's only three chapters and that's a whole lot. I am hoping that that sort of recap is going to help you, mom, at the end of everything to sort of jog your memory on who everyone is. Yeah. And I was just trying to figure it out, like how we said we thought Garrett was how I thought Garrett was. And yeah. the reason why I thought it was it's the same person is because the, of the description. They described Garrett having frostbite, no ears, and all of that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then the man that's waiting, the king's justice, was old and scrawny and had lost both of his ears and a finger to frostbite. Oh, wow. You see what I'm saying? So the way they describe Garrett when they describe who he is. Yeah. And then they describe who they're about ready to kill. It sounds like the same person. That is some attention so, to detail, Mom. Way to I go. I don't know. Yeah, I never know, put that so together. And in I don't, my head, that's why I thought And honestly, I don't know if they ever, like, come back to that. I think that's kind of just the end of it. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's why I thought that, because it, uh, the description is the same is for the both same. men. Oh, so maybe it is Garrett. Because he, it is a deserter of the Night's Watch right. that they are right. beheading. So maybe it is Garrett was like, F this, and like ran away. <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't blame him. Right. <laughs> 
that is our show. Listen next time as we discuss the first Daenerys chapter, the first Eddard or Ned chapter, and the first John chapter. And Mom continues to wonder why winter is coming. You can catch us every Friday on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and www.tubbyandcoos.com slash podcast. If you like our show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It really helps us spread the word. And when you're sitting around discussing Game of Thrones with your friends, mention that there's this great new podcast they should listen to and point them our way. You can find a recap of this week's podcast at www.tubbyandcoos.com slash podcast. You can also follow the bookstore, Tubby and Coos Mid-City Bookshop, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's just at Tubby and Coos, all one word spelled out. To keep up with all of our work, hit us up and let us know what you think as you read or listen along. We would love to hear from you, but please, no spoilers. Mom does follow me and the bookstore on social media, so please don't tweet or Facebook spoilers to us because we don't want Mom to see that. And that is our show. I'm Candace Huber. And I'm the mom. And now Mom's Watch has ended. <laughs>